0: Good afternoons with me, I'm Bill Arnold. Awfully glad that we're starting off the week together. I can hardly wait. I hope you're having a good uh, day. I hope your weekend was good too. My power went out, I think it was a Friday, and that was like a long 18 hours. It's like, come on, come back on. So I think it just was long enough to make most of my food go bad. So anyway, it was really nice to have it restored. Kind of a happy, uh, happy reunion to have power into the house once again. So Fortunately, it wasn't too hot, so I wasn't sweating, but it was kind of like, oh, I guess that light doesn't go on and that coffee pot doesn't (laughs) turn on. And this is starting to smell funny, but, you know, that's kind of the way it is with my refrigerator anyway. There's stuff that's living in my refrigerator, paying rent and i i can't get it out i got to get a hockey stick and get it out so one day that'll happen all right i'm gonna get started with my friend patrick Albany. you know him he's the way we get the monday started just kind of keep it light and get things going he's my friend and colleague from the great state of iowa and the prestigious city of west des moines patrick welcome hey, but, uh, yeah i I'm th- welcome i'm um, thank you <laughs> <laughs> this is your or
1: my when did you
0: become charlie Calis on me
1: <laughs> I think I've always been Charlie Kelly. It's just you're noticing now. Yeah. Since The
0: power. You were out 18 hours. 18, huh? 19 hours. Yeah. Who's counting? Uh, you. I was. Yeah. It's like come How on. You you oh, a what? clock that works. The what? How do you count when you don't have a clock that works? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. You're just guessing.
1: Now it wasn't as bad here. My power. what did did they call it? A derecho? I I don't know mechanism? what that means. It's like land hurricane. <laughs> that's, that's what they called it here in Iowa, you know. And it's so funny because the, the the newscasters, the weather people, they get on and they talk like this is something that you're familiar with. And they go, hey, you know, it's just your basic derecho. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> is, is this something we have, right? Would we have killer bees? We got derecho. What is that? It's uh, it's a land hurricane. Nothing, <laughs> 100 mile an hour winds. Nothing to worry about. But so you had 18 hours. Uh, my power was out for 11, maybe 12 seconds. Okay. That's not too bad. Was, I had the food spoilage as well, though.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. You're getting zero sympathy from me.
1: No, no. And Gunsmoke was interrupted. Oh, and, uh,
0: that's the worst. Because
1: the internet had a reboot. It was seven minutes before I could pick up the episode uh, with Hoss and Little Joe. Yeah. Is that the right show? Is that, is that No, Gunsmoke? that's a different show. Ponderosa?
0: Yeah, that's, that's... How
1: come all these old shows are named after steakhouses? <laughs> I don't... <laughs>
0: I don't know. All I know yeah. is a lot of those uh, Hollywood celebrities, if they're still alive, are moving out of L.A. I was reading yes. today that there is a, uh incredible exodus of a wealthy people leaving Los Angeles.
1: Yes. Uh, isn't that interesting? And you would say, well, why would you leave here? This is paradise, I thought. Uh, but uh, I, being one of the people that a little over 12 years ago left Los Angeles— uh, saw the writing on the wall, I call it graffiti. You call it whatever you want <laughs> I, knew was, I knew it was getting bad when uh the town I lived in would not uh not only not crack down on graffiti but charge you for not removing it from the side of your building oh wow, you see you had a you had a you had a timely – they gave you a certain amount of time to remove graffiti from the side of your building or you would get fined. And then they said, this, this seems a little harsh because people are busy. So they came up with a better system where you could pay the city two – I think it was $200 for a year's worth of graffiti removal and they would come take care of it for you. Oh, nice. So you oh nice. get a fine. But you, yeah, and I thought this, this doesn't seem to be uh, going in the right direction. Yeah, Uh, well, one L.A.
0: actor that I met once when I was in Los Angeles, uh, Lou Ferrigno. Of course, he was the star of the uh, TV series The Incredible Hulk, Yep, and he uh, lives in Santa Monica. Until recently, he sold his $3 million house and moved uh, two hours north of L.A., and apparently his wife said, one morning, 7 a.m., I get up, I open the curtains of our beautiful Santa Monica house, and looking at me from our driveway were three gang members with tattoos on their faces sitting on our retaining wall. They were catcalling me and being vulgar. I motioned I was going to call the police, and they just laughed, flicking their tongues at me and showing me their guns.
1: Yeah. I want to say,
0: do you know who her husband is? Yes. Yeah, this is
1: incredible. <laughs> I don't know if they watch the television show, and if he's out of the green body paint, you know, he comes out just as Lou. Is that working anymore? I think he's it is. Still big, he's though. probably big, yeah. But he's got to be closing in on seventy. I don't know. Probably up there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I was he ever able to deflect a bullet? I don't think.
0: That's don't Superman.
1: That was Superman. Yes, and he had the his his uh, costume was much more noticeable. The Incredible Hulk. Well, I, I'm kind of surprised that Lou didn't get angry. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, unless he was gone. Know. I don't know. But, yeah. But I, I miss uh, I miss the Batman days when, when the villains were so identifiable. I mean the Joker had a yes. you know a green bodysuit with question marks all over it. Oh no that was Riddler. The Riddler, Riddler yes. yeah, that's what I meant. That's Riddler. what I meant. Yeah. The Joker yeah. was who who played the Joker?
1: Uh the Joker was uh, Cesar Romero. Okay. Yes. And uh I still think he was a pretty good joker. I don't know, you know, I, we used to love that show so much. And then they made that Batman movie. And I think, uh, and I'm going to use the word iconic only because I can, even though I don't know exactly if I'm using it properly. <laughs> but, you know, people always say that, well, the iconic image, the uh, the iconic right. scene from Batman is when uh, they're in the Bat helicopter. I see if you remember this. And uh, somehow or another, for some reason, Batman's on a rope ladder getting lowered into the ocean. I don't know why Robin is lowering him into the ocean. But he sticks his leg in for a brief second and he pulls it up and there is a shark.
0: I know that clip. on his leg. I know that clip. Remember this one? Yes. That should be required viewing for everybody.
1: Yeah. And what does Batman say to Robin? He calls up to the Batcopter and what
0: does he request? He wants some kind of anti-shark spray.
1: (laughs) He wants a can of shark repellent. (laughs) And what does Robin say? We're down to the last, the last one. As if this is something that they incur quite frequently, Batman sticking his leg into the ocean, coming out with a shark that they need. And I think they had barracuda repellent. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have
0: legs. <laughs>
1: but that bat suit is made out of some pretty tough spandex. Oh, okay. Is that like
0: Kevlar or something? But So the, the, well, you know, the shark yeah, teeth
1: yeah. repel it? What happens? Back in the day, and little did Batman and Superman know that one day their costumes would be appropriated for gym wear. <laughs> <laughs> the last can of shark repellent. I, I, every now and then I play that. I go, I go to YouTube and I Google that scene and I just chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Because even as a kid, I just laughed. I, and I don't know if it was – I'm assuming it was supposed to be funny, right?
0: You know, I don't know. I don't know if that was supposed to be funny. Oh, it was good stuff. It's hysterical you know, like it's today, different. though. It's like Fonzie it jumping a shark. Everything, everything really oh. funny in TV involves a shark. <laughs> yeah, they make him all so
1: harmless. Although we've been watching Shark Week, which has pretty much taken up the month of August. I don't know why it's still on. And uh, I don't. I'm afraid to get in the tub anymore. That's mm. my goodness. You're taking this seriously. Are, I I am taking it seriously. Okay, so your son, but, your son DJ, turns ten today. Yeah, he turned 10 about a little over an hour ago. Nice. Born at three in the afternoon. My daughter was born at three in the morning, so it makes things easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, he's so easygoing that, uh, and he hasn't even brought this up yet that we've kind of, you know, not really done really well in the gift department the last couple of birthdays because he requests these rather unusual Lego sets. He builds cities. He built the Titanic out of Legos once just because he could. You know, when I was 10. I was writing letters to, you know, uh, racing car companies to get their stickers.
0: Like the STP sticker or the penzoil?
1: Oh, gosh, yes. Remember how those used to smell so there was that oh. smell to
0: them? STP I sticker, hand, yeah. I still have mine.
1: Would, you so, Oh, my. I wish I still had my sticker collection. I had yeah. a couple that were. I, as, as a I'll sell you mine. This, I'll this, sell you my STP sticker. It's, it's valuable. That oh, is a, I, that's it, a keeper. It is. But I would write a little letter on, you know, handwritten letter, dear sirs. Please send me some of your stickers. <laughs> Thank you, and put my name, and then I would include a dollar for postage uh-huh. in cash, which I assume that somebody, when they opened the letter, said a buck. Right. <laughs> send get some stickers, and uh, I didn't even know where I got the idea to do that. But I would go to like if I was at the store, I'd look at a can of STP motor oil, right, or, or the STP the treatment, mm-hmm. and I'd get the address and say I'm going to send a letter to this address. Dear Sirs, wow. please send me some of your stickers.
0: Would they and ever it do it?
1: Worked. Oh, I got hundreds of stickers. Okay. Hundreds of stickers. Hmm. Uh, was, I had actually a, a pretty impressive sticker collection uh, as a kid. My son, on the other hand, builds the Titanic out of Legos. I'm like, don't you want to write a Dear Sirs letter? <laughs> dear Sirs. Assuming more than one person was opening the letter.
0: Right. So, I was reading 2 Corinthians chapter 10 yesterday, and it said, But let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And I thought, boy, do we live in the anti-culture of that verse? Everyone's out boasting about themselves.
1: Yeah, that's. I believe it's called social media and Instagram. And, and you know what's funny, too, is... Um, So uh, I guess over the weekend, uh, some people down in Clearwater, they had a a boat parade, a a Trump boat parade. And so if you are a a Trump supporter and you had a boat, you were supposed to – they were going to try and set a world record. And I don't know how many boats gathered, but it was quite a few. And then now I see people saying, well, those snobby boat people. And I was like, well, I know a few people that bought boats for pretty cheap because you you find (laughs) the right motivated seller who says, I have had it with this thing. You can pick one up for for, for a, a low price. But I thought, you know, I mean, why would we mock, you know, people that maybe worked hard and purchased a little something for fun and recreation? Right. Instead, we, uh, we're we always sorting people into categories. Uh, it's like I always say, there's two kinds of people in the world. Those that divide everybody into two groups and the rest of us. <laughs>
0: All right. That's something to think about over the break, because I'm going to need 90 seconds to do that. Patrick Albanese is my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll be right back. What would
2: you do with a brain if you had one?
0: Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, confirm and with the flowers, consult and with the rain. <laughs> i my thoughts were busy if I only had a brain. Welcome back to the show. Patrick Albanese is my guest. Not bad whistling, huh, Patrick? In trouble.
1: I uh did you hear that I'm extra bad, whistling? You, I heard the extra whistling it was yeah. great. And uh since uh, we've gotten you know, listeners have gotten to expect the the unvarnished uh honesty from us, I cannot whistle.
0: Yeah, I know that. I'm, I'm, not, like a I'm not going to rub that perpetually,
1: in. Yeah, perpetually got a mouthful of saltines. I can't do it.
0: How come when people say, I don't mean to rub something in, the next thing they say is something that's actually rubbing in? It doesn't never makes sense to me.
1: I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, you know that difference between like people will do the, the humble brag. And I always say there's a difference between the, you know, like the humble brag and the grumble
0: flaunt. <laughs> What's the difference?
1: Well, okay. So, a, a humble brag is it, 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 which you're 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 trying to sound um, humble, but you're bragging hum, But you're bragging. It's like, oh gosh, you know, it's, it's such a good thing that uh, our our son Justin uh, was able to get that scholarship to Yale because uh, that saved us the money we needed for our first class European vacation. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, you're saying. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! I'm so we're so so fortunate, so mm-hmm. humble that our son was smart enough to get a scholarship to Yale. While we take that European vacation now, a grumble
0: flaunt, grumble you are, flaunt. I have to think grumble, about that for a minute. Grumble flaunt. Okay, what is that?
1: Yeah, well, what you're what you're what you're doing is you're complaining, um, but bragging at the same time. Okay. So Give me an if we were to take say, like okay, so let's take the European vacation for example. It's like you know you'd think. You'd think that when you spend the kind of money on a first class European vacation like we did, that they wouldn't steal your Louis Vuitton luggage. <laughs> but no. All
0: right. That's the grumble that's, flaunt. I like it.
1: That's the grumble flaunt. You're complaining, but uh, boasting. And the other one is in the act of humility. Um, uh, what brought this on, anyway? You were well, saying something. Like, yeah, the
0: passage about 2 oh, no, Corinthians let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. So we shouldn't be out bragging, whether it's a, a humble brag or a grumble flaunt. Is it
1: a humble flaunt?
0: I don't know. Brag? I don't, can't remember already.
1: <laughs> I think I forgot. Well, I, th- I love that advice. Although, is it is it boastful to say that, uh, hey, I'm on the winning team?
0: I don't know. Uh, you know, I think... You say, I'm I'm blessed to be on the winning team. I don't know. I, you want to be very humble about it, though.
1: Well, I think maybe what you do is you say, I, I would love to have you be on the winning team. Oh, I like that, too. Yeah. I like that. You know, um, God wins in the end. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so... So there's an interesting article that a psychologist, um, psychiatrist, Stephen Marmer, was talking about recently. He was talking about uh, growing up and how... Being mature, is it mature or mature? I never know.
1: Um, I'm not sure. How did Victor Mature pronounce it?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, okay. So he was identifying some characteristics of being mature or mature. Um, So one is you need to take control Um, because it doesn't matter what era you were born in or who your parents were or anything. At some point, uh, you have to... uh, you have to take action. You have to take control. I mean, as best you can. I mean, you can't sit around on your couch going, I wish I had a job. Well, you have to get up off the couch and go find one. Yeah. That's a sign I, I of think, maturity.
1: I think it's a great sign of maturity. I think also, the, in, in so we had that uh, the land hurricane, because I'm I, the other thing sounds like a, a chip that you dip into something. <laughs> ratio. Like a, an order of gerachos, please, and some guacamole. Uh, but uh, we had three big tree limbs come down, a uh, fence blew down. And it's not easy to blow down a chain link fence, but <laughs> 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 that's how strong the winds were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so the backyard needed uh, a lot of attention. And so my son's not 10, my daughter's 11. And uh, I don't want to say that they, they grumbled about it, but they, they, they are good negotiators. When you say we need your help, they're pretty quick on how long will this take? approximately how much of my time will you be requesting? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it was really nice to have this time with them. We say, look, none of us wants to be out here doing this, but this job has to get done. And so uh, we really only have one choice. Are we going to do it uh, with a chipper heart? Or are we going to complain the whole way? That's a good point. it doesn't matter. The job has to get done. Mm -hmm. You can't just leave this stuff here. Right. So okay, we've been dealt this. This thing happened, and now we have to deal with it. Right. And the mature person says, "Just deal with it. Right, whistle your way through it, unless you can't whistle. Yeah, and then you hum." <laughs> I only had a break.
0: Didn't yep. need to rub that in, but I can still whistle.
1: I felt that rubbed in. No, actually, <laughs> that was a that was a pretty aggressive rub. I thought it was, <laughs> yeah.
0: But we just yeah. need to work as as if we're working unto the Lord. Treat everything we do as an act of worship to Him. So we take control. And then we take responsibility. So, you know, don't alibi or don't blame others. That's an easy thing to do. But a mature person is just going to say, I'm going to take responsibility for this.
1: And you know what else goes with that? It's, uh, let's say that you can blame others. Let's say that you could say, you know what? It wasn't even the wind that took down those branches, but I believe it was my next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> he came over here and said, finally, I can cut down some of the limbs off that guy. Whatever, whatever it is, the problem still needs to be dealt with. You know that's why. Like a lot of times, you'll 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 see debates over uh, you know, children, uh, uh, abortion, and you know saving the children. And you know sometimes somebody will have a child, let's say out of wedlock, and people can get all like, well, you know she was crazy and he was crazy and they did crazy things and now you got this problem. It's like no, 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 no. There's an innocent child involved, and that's our focus. Right. Because that is the issue that needs to be dealt with. However this happened, it did happen. Mm -hmm. And so now, at least I feel this isn't—I wish this was just true for everybody, even those who choose not to be Christians. But we need to look at the situation and say, how do we help this situation? How do we—what can we do to, to, to fix this instead of trying to walk away from it saying, well, you know, it's really not my fault. It's not my problem. I didn't do anything. They did the crazy stuff. Uh, no, that's not, that's not acceptable. I, I think we sometimes just have to move right in and say, deal with it. Try to whistle along the way. But mm-hmm. if you whistle right now, um, yeah. I just feel it coming.
0: No, I'm not going to. And mature people, uh, apparently according to Dr. Marmer, uh, will express their emotions in the right place and at the right time and in the right way. I think that's a good, uh, a good note. Um, we should never just sort of fly off the handle, but but isn't that something that we see quite often especially when people are slightly more cooped up than usual and their tensions are running a little high and they snap a little bit faster so containing our emotions and being able to uh, express our feelings and our emotions in the right place at the right time in the right way be very helpful
1: I think also you you, when you when you snap at other people you may be making assumptions you have no right to make you you don't fully know their situation Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I, I know people are mask crazy right now, but there are people that cannot wear them. Uh, it's just, you know, the asthmatics and there are some people. And so, you know, before jumping down, you know, all over somebody and saying, how dare you try to, you know, spread your disease? You say, maybe there are extenuating circumstances that I'm not aware of. And maybe I should cut this person just a little bit of slack before I snap.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and that 's the next point is just having a perspective and realizing that if you 're upset with someone, you want to ignore you don 't want to ignore all the good and all the love and all the experiences you 've had with this person and a mature person according to dr marmer says i i seize the whole picture and that 's a great reminder it 's like i 'm mad, mad you i 'm mad you haven 't paid me the six bucks you owe me, but I can think of all the times you 've helped me do stuff
1: yeah and uh, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's funny. And I know you do this. Here's something I know you do. This is a good thing. So you you don't have to hit the mute button, (laughs) but you don't keep score. You don't keep track. You don't, you don't, uh, it's like, wait a minute, I've done 114 favors for you, but you've only done 112 for me. So until we even the score here a bit, no help from me, buddy. Uh, you don't operate that way. And, and I think it's, you know, I mean, obviously you can be taken advantage of in life, but. If if you're looking at uh, just how can I be a somebody who's helpful,
0: right? And I think when I can, yeah. And the last point he made, just to bring this to a conclusion, is that uh, is the concept of empathy. Do you understand another person's feelings? Do you try to learn them? And I think that's another good reminder: is to show empathy as often as we can.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of that. You know, you know. Before you criticize somebody, walk a mile in his shoes, then you'll be a mile away and you'll have his shoes. I yeah, think something like that. Yeah, that's how But but no, really, it's it's you do have to understand how uh, you know pe- people's situations. You don't know. You don't know what's going on inside people's heads. You don't know what's going on inside their homes. We drive by, we see a nicely manicured lawn, and we make an assumption that all is well with the world. That's why I keep my lawn looking beautiful.
0: Right. <laughs> seems to work. For but me. we never know what's going on in people's lives, and I had a chance to speak to a couple of really lovely, lovely listeners uh, today at Faith Radio, and it was fantastic, and um, you know, we heard their stories, and it's like, you, know, you you always have to be aware that people have got stuff on their plate, and to be loving and compassionate and kind, and mm-hmm. take time to listen. Yeah. All right, there's yeah. the banjo music. It must mean it's time to go.
1: Okay. Well, that's okay. I've got work to do. I'm putting the finishing touches on my book called Brevity. It's three pages long, almost done.
0: Really? We'll review it when you get get it finished, maybe.
1: Three three pages includes the table of contents and the index, by the
0: way. (laughs) All right. Let's listen to some banjo music on the way out. Thanks, Patrick. Talk to you next week.
2: Talk to you next week.
0: Quite as silky as I'm used
3: to. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> no, it's nice. It's nice. But trying
3: something
0: new. Trying something new. Trying something new. It's time for the Monday afternoon mix with Miles, Arnold, and Maxwell. David Miles is uh, here with us. David, welcome.
2: Hi, everybody. Who's that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> welcome to that fastest half hour to, of your I'm, Monday afternoon. I'm trying to use that slow oh, voice. The slow midnight DJ voice. Yes. And you show up with all this energy. I know. Which is great. I didn't have coffee today. Really? Nope.
3: Can you make it this far without coffee? Is that typical for you? I
2: can. How about you?
0: Negatory. (laughs) Negatory? (laughs) Negatory.
3: I can, but I don't know that I'm my best self.
2: Yeah. I wonder how many people are afternoon coffee drinkers. I know some people, they can't drink coffee past like three or four Mm o'clock because it keeps them awake all night. I have an espresso machine on my nightstand. Yeah. (laughs) An espresso or yes. a Nespresso?
0: A uh, Nespresso. Yeah. Do you have a Nespresso? With little capsules. With the little pod things? Yes,
2: yeah. Yeah. That's lot, fancy. engineer shooter. thought that up? Some rich guy. You know, very <laughs> much so. Yeah. I think engineers are pretty cool.
0: Oh, I agree. You
2: know, I remember, like, little things in life, like, you know, when you travel and you bring, like, one of those pack-and-plays, and you could collapse it into something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, I want to find one of you guys just hug you. Can't do that right now. Remember that little
0: <laughs> coiled wire that you'd plug in and you'd put it in a, some water to heat it up? I mean, that was... Do you remember that? Or am I just... What was remember? that for? Well, I don't know. You'd, I you'd, think... you'd heat up water for coffee or tea. and It would okay. be like this little silver coil. <laughs> it would be just this horrible thing that you'd plug in and then stick it in water. Are you you gonna gonna like cue... well, it sounds like
2: electrocution. It sounds like it, but it but didn't. But, like, you know... I'm, I'm not, sorry I brought that up. You're not older than me, but, you know, I was like, do we cue Flintstone? Here's the Flintstones. You <laughs> know
3: from days gone by all right let's yeah. get into
2: strongholds let's get serious oh nice segue bill
3: yeah, thank you bill? thank you that's
2: we're why like it talking collage that's three why i'm the paid professional and uh
3: <laughs> oh, i i would love to hear because because david's been talking about this for a little bit now and we're thinking when is a good time to oh, bring this up my goodness wow maybe it's today
2: yeah you know it's really interesting um just a, our, our, our church has been going through a series on strongholds, and I just want to commend Matthew. St. John, our senior pastor, did a message on, on pride yesterday, and it was just really powerful. The other two that we've done is shame and fear. Yeah. You know, we've talked about fear on this program, um, you know, and even maybe touched on shame. You know, shame's a powerful emotion. Um, but yesterday we we touched on the subject of of uh, strongholds, and I like this definition that that he gave. He said strongholds are destructive spiritual citadels from which there is no escape but by christ 's intervention you know and so he he jumped into that and uh, You know, we just spent time in God's Word just digging into it about, you know, community. But one of the things I really liked is that he talked to different ways in which, you know, we can be very judgmental of people. You know, we prejudge, from which we get our word prejudice. Mm -hmm. And so um, that type of stronghold, and usually we're doing it from, not from a place of humility, but, you know, often from a time of a place of emptiness, but also kind of a superiority looking over people. And uh, and that's one of the things that actually helps to understand. Um, you know, we have these things like prejudice, discrimination, bigotry, even like racism, and people are like, everything is the same. Well, prejudice means to prejudge. Discrimination means to act upon that prejudgment. It's externally lived out, and then like pr- bigotry is kind of a you know an ongoing mind. And then racism actually deals more with power and structures of which a whole of society can actually utilize those prejudices and discriminations and make them ubiquitous for, for the whole of society. But he got into the subject of just the ways in, in his own life that he had um, prejudged people and how he looked down on people. And, you know, we all have that, you know, and all of us in our brokenness, we're thinking of, you know, what ways do we see ourselves as being better than someone else?
0: Well, I don't I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, I think everything you said is spot on. And I also want to let listeners know how they can access the, the sermon series. You can go right on the website, can't yeah, they? Yeah, you can go because to... Because there's people in Hartford going, oh, I want to hear this sermon.
2: Yeah, you know, that's true. Or Waterloo or Kansas Waterloo, City. Waterloo, Kansas City, yeah. Madison. You know, right now, Hartford's got some, you know, cloudy type weather for us. You know, Kansas City is doing 85 right now. Sweet. Which is a lot nicer than your house the other night because you said you're without power. That's right. Yeah. But if people want to listen to the message, they can go to New Hope Church MN for Minnesota.org.
0: New Hope Church. Dot yeah.
2: Nope, MN for Minnesota. New
0: Hope Church MN, dot O-R-G. O-R-G. Thank you. I like to say it slow, give people a chance to write it down.
2: New Hope Church MN. 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 Dot org. Dot org. Um and so I guess, you know, this would be an interesting question to open up to our audience is, you know, what are some of the ways in which people feel that they struggle with this whole idea of judging people and and um looking down or and and how has the Lord been speaking to you about that? So that'd be interesting to hear How does discernment
0: working? come in in all this? You know, you're being judgmental, but we're supposed to judge, right?
3: Well, there are places in the Bible where we are called to judge using righteous judgment. So I think that Mm -hmm. is an interesting place to go if we're talking about that. Is that kind of what you're thinking?
2: Well, I guess it becomes a question of whose standard are we judging against? Good point. You know, is it our standard? Um, And sometimes what we'll do, there's this term, um, you know, in counseling called covered contracts. And covered contracts are ideas of contracts that you make with people that you haven't let them know and they haven't agreed to, but you've kind of set that up for them. So we can do the thing like, well, if I do this for Bill, well, naturally he'll do this for me. Mm. But we've never had that agreement. And all of a sudden Bill doesn't do that. One, because Bill didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then all of a sudden I'm upset at Bill. And Bill's like, why are you upset? But he doesn't know that I kind of made this covered contract.
0: Covered contract.
2: That's covered contract. Yeah. yeah. And so we can we can prejudge situations. We can... You know, we can, and, and the, the Pharisee in us can do that by saying, well, I'm going to lay before these do's and don'ts and shoulds that I have of other people. And then when they fail to meet the things that we haven't even told them that we've set for them, then mm-hmm. we feel better about ourselves.
0: So if I give you two rides to the airport and then a month later I go, hey, I'm taking a trip, I'm flying out on Tuesday, I would expect you to say, do you need a ride to the airport, Right. That would be a covered contract, and yeah. if you don't mention it, I'm going. What's with miles? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and, and that can, that happens, and All it's the like, time. and the person might not, because you haven't necessarily asked them, right? You know, but you're assuming. You're assuming. Oh, you know, that's deadly. And then you can tie in, and it gets super juicy. when you tie in the, well, you know, if it was if it was me, and because it was me, I not only did that once, but I did that. Two times. Because you're just that awesome. I know. Just so <laughs> awesome. And I can't believe, like, really, Bill, like, Bill couldn't, like, honestly, like, take me, you know, to the airport. Mm-hmm. And Bill's over there thinking, you know, nothing until he feels this really cold Arctic wind <laughs> on a nice 90-degree day. And it's mm-hmm. like, like, what's up with Miles? Yeah. And it's like, why are you glaring at me with your mask? I can still tell you're <laughs> glaring me right, with that mask. That's a hefty glare. <laughs> So.
0: so I think the moral of this story is m- make sure you don't expect other people to read your minds.
2: Yeah. And you know what, Bill? That's a great, um, a great subject because, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about this before, and we don't realize that we sometimes um, violate Scripture, God's good word, is, which is there for our well-being, His glory, and for the good of His body. So, you know, we know the Ten Commandments— Um, but there's, there's this, uh, part of the, about the commandments of not bearing false witness, you know, the ninth one, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor. And sometimes we don't realize that mind reading is bearing false witness. So for example, we can, um, we can read into some things that people are doing. And instead of having courageous conversations to clarify, We begin to say, oh, Rebecca, I know why Bill did that.
3: Hmm, Why is that?
2: You know, well, I think that that one time when I forgot to like give him a ride to the airport. Oh. You know, and then all of a sudden. Can't believe you you guys are talking behind my back right now. I know. And then you start building. Can't believe
3: you're listening into our conversation.
2: Yeah, I'm eavesdropping. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Like, seriously, what kind of person eavesdrops into other people's radio In a radio studio. This is an A and B conversation, you can see your way out of it. I mean, like, really? Like,
3: (laughs) I'm dead. I'm sorry, go ahead. We were talking about bearing false <laughs> okay. witness.
2: So then we start building this case in our minds, you know, and we start thinking and everything that the person does, we're like, oh, that's proof again. And this is back where we, we've talked about this before, where in our mind, we hired that $250 an hour attorney and we start building a case against the other person without them knowing. Mm-hmm. And you know, you keep going and eventually you come and you take it to trial and you try the case and you've, you know, you pronounced guilty and you you're doing sentencing and everything about it. But you've never talked to that person. And I can say, like, I, I remember there was times where, like, I thought in my mind, you know, that Tammy did something and it's like, oh, this is why she did that. And then I'm sitting there thinking over and over again. And then all of a sudden I say, this is why you did it. And she has that look on her face. And then she's like, you really thought that? And then my mind says, lips, you failed me again. Because I didn't actually have a conversation with her. And I started making assumptions about something. Now, you've seen this with kids and nieces and nephews and and grandkids and adults, where they have this idea like, okay, my sibling, they did this, and this is the reason why they did it, and they did it on purpose. And no, no names of children on this. I've had a situation where I'm standing with one of my children, and they're protesting the case that here's what their sibling did. And finally, I, I ask, well, did you ask them? No. Well, how about you ask them? Well, when you did this, did you do this on purpose? No, I'm sorry, I didn't even know that 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 happened. Pause. I don't believe that. <laughs> well, you you've invested so much in this, you know, trial mm-hmm. and case and right. prosecution. Yeah. so
0: much in your head
2: that to hear contrary information is like devastating. So then, what do we do? We go and find people who will you know, stoke the fire or we like to nurse a grudge. And so we pull up with a little big old bottle and we just suck on that bad boy. And we're just like, you know, this, mm-hmm. I, I deserve this, feel this way.
0: So are we calling that bearing false witness
2: against somebody? Well, part Is of, that what we're calling it? Yeah. Well, part of a bearing false witness is that you've made a case up against this person, right. but have never discussed that right. with them. And so you don't know if that's true or not. And so.
0: But you're operating almost as if it is.
2: Oh, sometimes we definitely operate as right. though it is. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we talk, we'll have conversations with people, and we'll talk about hurts and then also about perceived hurts, where the situation, we perceive it as a hurt. It still feels real. The hurt does. But what we think actually happened, did that happen? You know, and having. The, the love and even the courage and the grace to have conversations with one another to clarify, to say things like, you know, Bill, when this happened, I may or may have this right. I might have this wrong. And if I did, you know, if I have it wrong, I'm sorry. You can tell me fly a kite. But when this happened, you know, is this what you meant? So instead of putting the person in a corner, you know, you give an opportunity and sometimes people are like, Oh no, and I could see how you see it that way. And, oh, my gosh, oh, that's horrible. Like, I'm really sorry. And sometimes people will say, yeah, I did do that. And that was wrong. Rebecca?
3: I think this is a, a huge um, application conversation because I remember how we started, which was about pride and and the ways that we can instead take our courage and humility out a little bit more often and instead of assuming, well, this is, has to be what they meant and I'm going to be offended now and <laughs> I'm going to be resentful and I might not ever tell them, but it's in the back of my mind this whole time and it's bugging me that there's a better way to live and that there's a more courageous and a more humble way to live.
0: Nice. That's the Monday nice. Afternoon Mix off and running. We'll take a short break. Be right back. <music> All right, that's what I was looking for. Right there. We're back with the Monday afternoon mix. Miles Arnold and Maxwell. David, you got some teaching for us right now. I love Ooh. this. You got four well, points. Yeah. Make them.
2: One of the great things is that uh, as they were tying up, and I mean, like, I mean, so like right now, take your right hand, and well, most of our people might actually be in the car, so they've already done this, but take your right hand and put onto your left shoulder. And pull it down and say "click." So put your seatbelt on, because um, I just I want to just commend Matthew on the, these these application questions okay. out of this this uh, ser- out of this message on pride. And he said, you know, I have four questions in light of a crisis of pride in our day life and community. And the first one was this: Has your theology moved you beyond humble conviction? So has your theology moved you beyond humble conviction to contempt for those who differ from you? So has your theology moved you beyond humble conviction to contempt for those who differ from you?
0: No, I'm I'm just absorbing that. That's heavy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because and then even to be mindful that the Pharisees had what they thought was really great, you know, theology. And, like, the Pharisees were the conservatives of our day, whereas the Sadducees were more of the liberal base. Um, and then the Zealots were kind of like the activist-minded people. And, you know, then you have the Essenes. Um, and so, you know, you, you know, Jesus would talk about um, a godliness but lacking any power, you know, Or, you know, you strain a gnat, you know, but swallow a camel. So that that thought of, you know, has our theology moved us beyond humble conviction to contempt for those who differ from us? Number two was, has your politics moved you from enthusiastic citizen to spiteful partisan? Has your politics moved you from enthusiastic citizen to spiteful partisan in which outrage owns you? That's like wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Not me, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, but um, this is
3: a very timely reminder because I think we we can sort of let those things fade. Then, when disagreements come up, or when specific happenings, current events will will inspire or stoke some of those underlying uh, concerns. And and I would say they're very legitimate, you know, questions. Real serious issues we should contend with as faithful believers in Christ. That that's uh, a resource and, and a wonderful privilege that he gives us as American Christians specifically. Um, But we can't be spiteful. And, and I like that you said outrage owns you
2: because that's
3: what ends up happening.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think it was Dr. Tony Evans says, you know, that we tend to forget that, you know, Jesus doesn't ride on the back of elephants or donkeys. And as what the angel said to Joshua, I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. <laughs> and it may be precisely that our mm-hmm. parties are broken because, you know, what God said to Samuel and Samuel 8, you know, was they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They want a king. And we keep king-seeking instead of living fully underneath the rule uh, of Jesus. And because living under the rule of Jesus, we can, we can take whatever comes what may— I mean, like whether it's persecution or people not liking us or things like that. I mean, Jesus already said, if, if we're friends with him, the world's going to hate us, you know, and that's going to be for the gospel. And that's regardless of your zip code or your country code, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so again, remember importantly, I always tell people, I want you to do your civic duty and in light of that. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, so us doing our heavenly civic duty of seeking that, that one kingdom. So the third question was, has your ethnic and cultural story moved you beyond quiet gratitude to being dismissive of those not sharing your experience? Another very timely question. Yeah. You know, in a time where people were not listening— to one another or listening for the person to take a breath so that we can respond, which is not listening.
0: It's carrying on parallel monologues.
2: Yeah. You know, my wife does not like, like talk radio stuff. And like, sometimes like if you listen, like you'll listen to people talk and it's like, like even to how much is constructive. And I remember one person asked one pastor asking the question, like, how much is it actually even just slander? Which is in the Bible, you know. Ephesians four thirty says, "Put away malice and anger and slander and dissension, and let only speak words that build up and give grace to the hearer." So, like when when we're speaking, and even the people that we're listening to, are they doing that? You know, I remember one pastor lamenting and saying that um, someone had said to them about you know building a brand and even like raising funds that. You need to cause more dissension and anger and fear in people because when you do that, people respond by being scared and then they'll give you stuff. And it's like, no, that, that's manipulative, you know? And what Christ has given us, First Peter 2 says, is far more precious than gold or silver. It's the blood of Christ. And freely we receive that and freely we give. So has your ethnic or cultural story moved you beyond quiet gratitude to being dismissive of those not sharing your experience. So just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean that it's not real. And this is a subject of racism. Like People are like, well, that's never happened to me, so that's not real, you're making it up. So I've learned to say, just because I've never had contractions that I never told Tammy that labor pains aren't real. Mm-hmm. So. That's probably wise. <laughs> that's why we have Rebecca. Rebecca just, <laughs> just like looked at me wise. like, yeah. whoa.
3: I can endorse that strategy.
2: The fourth one is this. Has your success moved you past other-centeredness to pride and condensation of others? Has your success moved you or caused you to move past others, other-centeredness to pride and condensation? And this is what's really fascinating. He, he lastly asked us, what would your social media, your coworkers, family and friends say in light of these questions?
3: So how would they say you're doing?
2: How would they say I'm doing? Like me? Well, you
3: can answer it. I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't mean to turn it around on you, but I'm just clarifying that you could present that to somebody else. Yeah. Like how am I doing at this?
2: Yeah.
0: What would they say? What would they say? We're hanging up on you right
2: now. Oh great. Well, I think they would say, like, regarding theology, that, you know, I find myself constantly just again, as we talk about, amazed at the gospel. You know, amazed at what Christ has done, and that He's called to be a minister of the gospel. You know, one thing fascinating happened last night was with two of my elders. Um, for a gal that was just really wrestling her, and her boyfriend, or things that were happening around them that they considered demonic, and just you know, doors opening and light bulbs exploding and stuff like that, and just walking through the gospel with this person and her boyfriend uh, with our elders, and just the amazement—like this is the good news of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, politics. I I feel like I'm moving away from like the whole partisan things as a person who formerly used to fundraise for the Republican Party back in my college days and stuff and used to be more so God really kind of lifted me above that, not arrogantly, but He let me have a trip where I got to listen to all these different sides talk simultaneously about the same 2004 election. And it was really amazing to see that and then to begin to say, wait a minute, just getting pulled all over the place is not healthy. And then I'm grateful to be a part of an all-people's church. And I think being around people ethnically and diverse and different from us, it stretches us and grows us in our faith. And it's a blessing because if it brings up stuff that we don't like— It's a great question to say, Lord, how do you want to apply the gospel in and through my life to love people the way that you love me who's undeserving?
0: Great question. Yeah, always put the cross before everything, politics, every other relationship, cross first.
2: Because today it's Jesus, and 30 years from now, I don't know who's going to be running, Mm. but I'll know that Jesus saved me.
0: Yeah. He changed my life. Amen. David Miles, thank you so much for the Monday Afternoon Mix. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. Rebecca. Nice job. thank you. As always. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. That wraps up Hour 1. Hour 2 is going to be Dr. Eric Bargerhoff. I love Eric. He's written a new book called, Why Is That in the Bible? The Most Perplexing Verses and Stories and What They Teach Us. You are going to love next hour. Be right back.